Hello, my name is Jay Kaufman, and you're listening to the first ever episode of Way Outside. How's it going, everybody? Like I said before, my name is Jake Kaufman, and you're listening to the first ever episode of Way Outside, a basketball podcast started, owned, and run by me to just talk about how much I love the game and to get some experience for what I want to do in the future. So I think before we do everything, I think I should introduce myself and who I am a little bit just so you give you guys a little bit of a sense. So my name is Jake Kaufman. Like I said before, I'm a 17-year-old kid from Chicago, Illinois, who just loves basketball. I've loved it since I was a kid. Went from the ages of Derrick Rose to Jimmy Butler to now Lowry Markkinen. But no, I'm not just a Bulls fan. I'm a giant NBA fan who loves talking about every single team, every single player, and analyzing this game because it is just such a beautiful one here. So... We have a lot to talk about in this first episode, even though I'm going to keep it a little bit brief because I just want to see how it turns out. And um, for me, the first thing I want to talk about is the biggest surprise team this year, in my opinion, which obviously has to be the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, did anyone ever expect the Brooklyn Nets to make the playoffs this year? I can't think of one person I know that did. I certainly didn't. And so, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are currently the sixth seed in the East with a record just over 500. And I'm honestly in shock. I mean, I knew the East was going to be easier now that LeBron left, but still the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I mean, but D'Angelo Russell has been balling this year. He's been putting up 20 and 5, and he has been finally starting to look like the player who was the number two overall pick in 2015. Spencer Dinwiddie's also a great compliment to him. Jared Allen is a great shot blocker and a good overall center. I mean, that Brooklyn team is very good, and it's very exciting to see a small, the smaller New York team finally starting to have some success, especially when the Knicks are doing it. like absolute shit. So, yeah, I think if you had to ask me the biggest surprise team that's a negative one, I mean, it has to be the Lakers. I mean... I know that LeBron is joining the West, but still, we expected him to make the playoffs. It'd be like the five seed or whatever. Right now, they're currently the 10th seed in the West. Three games out of a playoff spot. Trailing the 8th seeded Clippers and the ninth seeded Sacramento Kings, who we'll get into more a little bit later. But, yeah, that's just how it is right now. So... Next, I want to talk about who I think should be winning MVP this season. And for me, I got to say first, a lot of people think James Harden. And if you think James Harden, I will. I don't got a problem with that. However, I like to look at more than just the standard box score numbers. I think a lot more things I need to take into consideration. 
But first, we can introduce James Harden, who's averaging 36.5 points this season, which is absolutely crazy. Only people like Jordan and Kobe and Wilt have put up these numbers throughout a full season, and it's honestly incredible. However, the thing I got to say, though, is the inefficiency sometimes, man, it just really sticks out. These 10 of 31, these 9 of 32s, these 0 of 11 from 3, these 2 of 17 from 3. I mean, these kind of games, man, though, it makes it devalue an MVP in my opinion because sometimes I feel like there's games where he's helping them. There's games where he's hurting them by shooting the damn 3 too much. And if you're an MVP, I don't feel like you should be ever hurting your team ever. The second thing is a lot of people are saying about Paul George. And while, yes, I think Paul George would be a great candidate for MVP, and I do, I just have to say is that the Thunder are the th- are only the third seed in the West right now, and they'd love to give the MVP to a team that's the first or second seed in their respective conference. However, Paul George is absolutely balling, averaging almost 29 a game, eight rebounds, four assists, leading the league in steals, playing... Defensive player of the year caliber defense for the out this entire season, and it's special to watch. I mean, after PG suffered suffered his injury in 2015, I don't think many people thought he would ever get back to the same player he was before. He not only did that, he got better. He's become a knockdown three-point shooter, an explosive driver to the rim, a much better passer, and just an overall great leader. I think that Paul George... Winning MVP would be great for the city of Oklahoma City, but still, I gotta say, I have to pick someone over him. He's from Milwaukee. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, man. This guy's putting up 27, 14, and 6, plus a ha- one and a half steals, one and a half blocks a game on 58% shooting from the field. Man, he has just been absolutely unreal this season. The Bucks are out of nowhere the top seed in the NBA. I don't think anyone expected that, especially with the Celtics, the Raptors, and all these other teams. No one predicted that. The Bucks would be the number one team in the NBA at this point of the season. And also, yes, while I have to give some credit to the new coaching of Mike Budenholzer, who has definitely made this system absolutely amazing, Giannis is still the, the focus of the system. Giannis is what makes the system work because... Giannis is able to attack the paint in either if he gets doubled, he'll find a wide open shooter, or if he's not, he will attack it and just jam it on anyone. I mean, the highlight reel of this guy is just insane. On a daily basis, he will be putting, he will probably get around five dunks a night. But for me, it's not even just like that. It's Giannis's advanced numbers. I mean, the Bucks are that mu- are the best team in the NBA when he's on the court. And they're a below-average playoff team when he's off it in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, and the, those sorts of things. I th- the thing I'm worried about for this is that they don't seem to give an MVP enough to players that are not from the United, that are not that are foreign. But still, I think that Giannis is going to end up winning it because he is having an absolutely ridiculous season. I'm gonna get to a real controversial topic right here. We're going back to the Lakers, man, and. The question of, is LeBron a problem in the locker room? And has LeBron been hurting this team in a way? Look, I'm going to be, I'm not going to deny it. I'm not a big LeBron fan. I don't like LeBron. Still, he's the second best player of all time. He is a generational superstar. 
I think a great person off the court, but when I talk about what he's been doing in the locker room this season, I don't think it's helped out the Lakers because I get LeBron. I get you not wanting to play defense every single play in age in year 16. I get that. You're 34. I understand that. But you shouldn't be calling out other people on your team for not playing defense when you aren't, and it's way more noticeable, and you're not taking any responsibility for it. I think that LeBron is, has to be a better role model and show that he can accept responsibility when he's not doing something good for these young players to learn how to be better leaders because the Lakers do have talent. I mean, yes, the West is stacked, but still, Kyle Kuzma is going to be a future all-star. Brandon Ingram is finally starting to look like the second coming of Kevin Durant. Lonzo Ball, I know he's been out for a while, but the defensive ability he's able to play is, ridic- is ridiculous. The Lakers have talent. They really do, but um, it just hasn't worked. They're currently the 10th seed. I mean, I thought they'd at least make it into the playoffs, but I think LeBron doing this has caused a lot of problems. Also, missing 18 games is obviously a problem because even though I don't think they would have kept this up, even if he was healthy, they were the fourth seed in the NBA when he went out Christmas Day against the Golden State Warriors, but still, I don't think the Lakers would have been the fourth seed. I think they'd be probably around the six, seven, eight seed. Here's in the last topic for today is is Russell Westbrook still a top three point guard in the NBA? Look, I don't like Russell Westbrook at all. I might I think I like him even less than LeBron. He's a stat patter. He at times it seems very selfish. Um just I don't know. He doesn't rub off the right way with me. But still, I can't deny this guy's talent, this guy's explosiveness, this guy's passing ability. This guy is is such an up-tempo player, one of the, if not the fastest player in the NBA, even after multiple knee surgeries. And yes, he's, again, averaging a triple-double for the third consecutive season. As much as it is stat padding, it means you have to be doing something. I mean, Paul George is having his best career season now, playing alongside Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook... Yes, he is shooting 41% from the field. Yes, he's shooting 27% from the field. Yes, he's shooting 61% of the free throw line, but still. With him, I don't think those numbers do the full justice. The hustle, the energy that Russell Westbrook will play 24-7, I mean, it's just not a number. I don't think he should be an MVP candidate, no. I was, I was would have been fine if he wasn't an all-star, but still. Russell Westbrook's impact on the game of basketball is undeniable. Well, that wraps it up for this first episode of Way Outside. I'm Jake Hoffman, and I'll see you guys next time.